This is Ben McIntosh, and you're listening to Pro Lacrosse Talk. Right off the bat, there's Lyle Thompson. Kylie Omel are showing off those shifty skills. Driver driving hard down the alley, and he scores. What a goal from Josh Bird. Kayla Trainer flips and scores. Yes. You're kidding me. By Dylan Ward. Gets topside. Rambo scores. Welcome to Pro Lacrosse Talk. Your go-to podcast for interviews with professional players, coaches, and executives, as well as the latest news and analysis from all three professional lacrosse leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Adam Moore and Hutton Jackson. What's up, Pro Lacrosse fans? Welcome to another edition of Pro Lacrosse Talk. I'm your host, Hutton Jackson, here with my co-host, Adam Moore. We welcome all who are listening, but in particular, those who are watching this video on Spotify, like I said, last episode, we were rolling out Spotify video episodes going forward. So we appreciate you if you are watching on Spotify. Adam, the NLL is back. What are your thoughts from this opening weekend? Man, I don't think I've caught my breath yet after a wild run there. You know, so many close games uh, all in one weekend. It, it was a rush and it was awesome just being able to toggle between all the different games as much as I would love them to be spread out. Right. I think it was amazing to be able to go from the wings to the rock to the next game. It, it was an awesome uh, weekend full, full of uh, NLL. I'm glad they're back on the floor finally. Yeah, now while there weren't too many upsets, uh, five games were decided by one goal and three were decided in overtime. So the contest couldn't be tighter in this opening weekend. Um, yeah, certainly a great week uh, to open up the NLL after 630 plus days of no NLL action, we finally get it. And we want to remind people that if you're looking for any NLL gear, um, to check out the f- official Fanatic site. Uh, you can go to prolacrosstalk.com forward slash NLL shop if you're a U.S. customer or forward slash NLL shop dash CA if you're a Canadian customer and get your official NLL gear uh, by using those links. You support us um, and you can get geared up for the season. So we appreciate if you guys do use those links. But Adam, let's get into these games. The rookies came out in full force. And obviously we have, you know, two draft class worth of rookies this season, which is unique to this season. According to our friend, Adam Levy, rookies combined for 19 goals, 19 assists, 38 points, two game winning goals, 14 caused turnovers and 106 loose balls in this opening weekend. So the Rook show was in full force. You had quite a debut for guys like Jeff Teed, who had five points. Patrick Dodds had five points Tahoka Hoka Nanakoke had three goals. Reed Bowering had an assist. Uh, Charlie Kitchen, your guy, had a goal. Um, and Adam Cherlambitis also had two points, including the game winner um, in that opening night matchup between the Seals and Warriors on Friday night. Um, what did you think of these rookies this opening weekend? Yeah, it was a fantastic show for, for the guys you mentioned and others as well. You know, I, I think before uh, the season, our, our pal Teddy Jenner uh, said one of his hottest takes coming into the season was that Jeff Teat wouldn't win the rookie of the year. And to be honest, I don't think that's that hot of a take. I think it's lukewarm considering the top notch class we have coming in. The two classes uh, of rookies uh, that are playing uh, so well early in the season, uh, I, I think. Well, he's going to be a, a top candidate for the war. There are so many fantastic players uh, that are coming in uh, for this first year of NLL. Um, and it's, it's really exciting to watch uh, kind of that next generation of guys uh, kind of taking over. You had some uh, veterans really, really play well um, as well. But this looks like uh, this could be the next wave uh, of top talent coming into the league. Yeah, no, I think he mentioned Patrick Dodds as one that yeah. could, you know, give him a, you know, a run for his money. And the, the guy had five points in a Panther City team's debut that 
honestly, if they would have limited the penalties, they could have came out in a victory uh, yep. in Philadelphia. We'll talk about that game a little bit. Um, Charlon Bedis had a, that big game winning goal, um, you know, against the seals. So, you know, it was nice to see him make his debut. He honestly spent a lot of time in the NCAA at Rutgers uh, battling injuries. So it's nice to see him back in the box game. And I love seeing Tohoka too, after he, he had some struggles too, during his college career. So to have him back on the floor, um, it, it all in all was a, a great debut for him. And, you know, we can't overlook Jeff Teat. Yeah, for sure. It was awesome to, to see Tohoka get out there again. He was all smiles. And, and you mentioned earlier, my boy, Charlie Kitchen, it, I, I don't know. I, we talked a little bit off pod about this, but has there ever been a, not just a pro lacrosse player, but a player maybe in professional sports that was drafted by one team, changed teams, whether that's by trade expansion draft, getting cut, uh, then signed by another team and then traded back to his original squad before he even suits up. Not to mention that squad that he got traded back to is now in a new city and has a different name. Pretty wild story. I'm really excited, though, to see Charlie Kitchen out there. Nabbed his first professional goal. So really excited uh, to see him on the floor finally after a, a bit of that hiatus waiting to get his uh, first game under his belt. Yeah. So any sports or pro lacrosse historians out there, let us know if there is, I, I can't think of one, like in any sport where, you know, you get drafted by one team, go to another expansion team, the team that you were drafted by moves and then trade you back all before your first game. Um, yeah. I can't think of that. There, there might be something out there. Um, maybe not in pro lacrosse, but in other pro sports, but yeah, um, abso- absolutely. And I, head. yeah. And, and, you know, clearly the firewolves wanted them, right. They spent a, a second round pick on them and then traded a conditional second and third round pick to get them back. So that's a lot of uh, draft stock uh, for him. And, and obviously uh, he's showing why he had a really solid first game for the firewolves. Mm-hmm, no, absolutely. And so we talk a little bit about the rookies. Uh, one of the games, though, that actually featured a large veteran presence on both teams was the Thunderbirds and Rush. And that rematch did not disappoint. Obviously, Rush came away with an overtime victory last season. Um, this time around, the Thunderbirds pulled out thanks to Eric Fennell's goal in OT. Um, Cody Jamison was a last-minute scratch. Um, he's expected to play in their game against Toronto, which I think is going to be a, a matchup to watch coming up in week two. Um, but that actually allowed Reese Dutch to, to come on and uh, he played really, really well. It's amazing that he sat in free agency for so long, um, but he was a pivotal part of this Thunderbirds team winning um, against the rush at home. Um, they also had the every child matters jerseys on, which they auctioned off after the game, which I thought was great too uh, to support that cause, um, you know, to kind of bring awareness to the atrocities committed at residential schools. That's going to be a theme um, throughout this season too, with all the teams wearing every child matters stickers on the back of their helmets. But what do you think of the Thunderbirds rush game? Like I said, didn't disappoint in terms of uh, back and forth battle and the rush actually, you know, had a substantial lead early on, but uh, what were some of your takeaways from this game? Yeah. First off that, that Halifax uh, fan base was excited to be back. They, they were absolutely buzzing. It was awesome uh, to see uh, them come out and support the Thunderbirds. And it it was a fantastic game. As you said, I'm excited to see uh, this squad as they progress. It'll be interesting to see, like you said, uh, uh, that uh, what the addition of Cody Jameson back into the roster will, will do for them uh, in a game like um, they have coming up against Toronto. But I think you'll see at the end of the day that uh, both of these teams uh, will be contending for a while. And obviously the T-Birds are uh, a lot of early favorites to, to win that championship by, uh, from, from a number of uh, analysts. So it'll be fun to watch them going on. We're going to have a tough uh, matchup coming up uh, again against the rock. Um, so let's get into that game. Cause I thought this game was one of the best. Uh, and it was actually the TSN game of the week too. Um, first Ontario center first off was popping. They 
the move to Hamilton did not um, really have too many negative ramifications. It looks like there was still a very healthy crowd there. Um, and our boy, Tom Schreiber had a huge day in that game. Honestly, I think Toronto of all the teams uh, this weekend looks like the top team, not to do a disservice to Halifax, not to do a disservice to any of the other teams, but they just looked phenomenal. And if it wasn't for uh, Mitch Desnew match penalty um, late, you know, that kind of gave the firewall some momentum. They were able to score two goals on the power play um, during that five minute power play and a third right after, um, you know, Toronto probably would have come away with a little bit of a closer victory, but they still pull it out because dangerous Dan Dawson ties it at nine with five minutes left and then would go on and score the go ahead game winner as well. And in the process surpassed hall of famer and Toronto rock legend, Colin Doyle on the all-time goal scorers. So he's now sitting at 528. The only three guys he's behind Adam JT John Grant jr. And Gary gate. So <laughs> what a company to be in for Dan Dawson um, phenomenal career. And he's not slowing down any, any bit at all from watching this game. Um, what do you think of the rock? And, you know, what do you think of the firewolves either, despite the, the loss? Yeah, they were absolutely dominant. You know, Nick Rose had a solid game in cage as well. And, and on the other side of things for Albany, I mean, uh, Andrew Q matched Tom Schreiber in goals. He had four. Uh, he's he's going to be a player I'd like to watch as the season goes on. I think he's one of the best in the league, and uh, he showed it uh, in game one uh, of the season right, right off the bat for the Firewolves. So really strong matchup between these two. Um, as you said, so many games were, were so close uh, this first weekend, and uh, hopefully that continues as the season progresses. Yeah, no, and I just – I don't see any really strong – like any weaknesses in this Rock team. I mean, you know, their, their transition with Latrell Harris um, is solid. You know, they have Challen Rogers as well. Um, this offense was moving the ball, I think, better than any other team this weekend. Um, and, you know, there was times where I was watching them and it was five on five and it looked like they were on the power play because they were just yeah. moving the ball with such ease. Um, and, you know, uh, the Firewolves, I thought they were going to come out. They gave them a good game. I think the firewalls are still a top team too. I think they played them hard. Um, I don't think, you know, the loss of Callum Crawford really showed itself too much. I think they were able to kind of, you know, find other ways, uh, whether it be Riley O'Connor or Jacob Rue, um, you know, kind of stepping it up. So, um, and Joe Resateris as well, you know, now being that number one guy essentially on this team. So I think, you know, they, they look solid as well, but um, this rock team kind of shifted my, my thoughts around, you know, I knew they were good, coming into to the season but um right now i think they're the team to beat so i'm really looking forward to this halifax toronto matchup that's kind of my matchup to watch uh coming up this season but um any last minute thoughts uh, from this game or should we move on to the, the wings Panther city, which was another close one. Yeah. As much as I want to move on one quick thing, Joe Nardella took every face off for Albany and was 17 for 21. So uh, the rock had a, a bunch of different guys uh, at, at um, the X. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what they do uh, at the face off going forward and, and how, um, you know, it's that endless debate, right. In terms of what, uh, face-offs look like and, and uh, the value in the NLL. So I'm curious to see uh, what, what the hell that conversation uh, progresses during the season. So it'll be something to watch. Yeah. And they do have TD Erland on their roster um, and they're expecting him to possibly suit up once he kind of rehabs some injuries that he sustained yep. uh, obviously this past season. So, um, you know, they'll have another X factor there. Um, and another X factor at the X is Trevor Baptiste and he dominated uh, for the wings, but didn't really reflect in, you know, the game result, um, you know, Panther city, they came out firing and they showed that they had built some chemistry during this short training camp. 
Um, and honestly, I, they had a, a phenomenal debut. And if it wasn't for some penalties, um, they might have come away with a victory. Um, they played a run and gun style. They were forcing it in transition. And Philly just didn't really do a great job of stopping them. Um, and I thought Philly also came out and really was taking really poor shots. Uh, their shot selection, I thought, was very bad. Um, and if it wasn't for Zach Higgins making some key saves early on, could have been a lot worse. So they, they entered the half down 7-4 to four and then ended up coming back. Um, taking a late lead. Panther City goes up by one again. Unfortunately, they were able to tie it up thanks to a Brett Hickey goal. And then, of course, Matt Rambo wins in an overtime. Who else but Matt Rambo winning in Philly uh, in an overtime thriller. So, um, really, the, the Panther City almost stole a victory in their first game as a franchise. Uh, unfortunately, it did not go their way, but I thought it was a, a very great showing. We mentioned earlier Patrick Dodds, five points in this game. Um, that kid is a stud as well. So, any thoughts on your, your hometown wings uh, this season or, or Panther city on the other side um, and what they were able to do in their first game. Yeah. I, I know I stick with goalies a lot, but man, Kevin Orlman, he had a phenomenal beginning of this game. He, as much as you said, the shot selection for the wings uh, you thought was iffy early on the, the shots that made it on cage, he was absolutely dominant really early on in this one. And, and it is the main reason why uh, this Panther city squad w- was in it the whole time. Um, and was leading for such a lengthy period as well. So um, if he continues that, man, you know, uh, watch out this squad uh, as much as they're an expansion franchise. Uh, I think they're definitely going to have the ability to compete. And obviously the wings are our top team and we're really uh, clicking on all cylinders when things were shut down a little while ago. So um, yeah, watch out Panther city. And, uh, and like you said, uh, I know we, we keep hitting home the Patrick Dodd side things, but he is an absolute special player and I'm really excited uh, to watch. He's going to be a star for the Lone Star State. Yeah, no. And I, I thought, you know, Tracy Koleski got them ready to play and they looked like they had an identity already. So I think that was big um, for them. But uh, on the flip side, the wings also had a debut from Ben McIntosh who had four points. Um, we were lucky to have him uh, as a guest on our show. So let's toss to our interview with Ben McIntosh. Today, we're lucky enough to have new Philadelphia Wings forward and midfielder for the Water Dogs Lacrosse Club, Ben McIntosh, on the show. Ben, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll, we'll dive into uh, week one of NLL action. You guys got a big OT dub against Panther City. How did it feel to get that first win uh, in a Wings uniform? Yeah, I mean, it felt felt good. Um they're a, they're a solid team. They're a solid expansion team, right? Like yeah. they, they came out and, and punched us in the mouth pretty good in that first half. But our, I thought our team responded really well. And, you know, there's no easy games in this league. And, and that was proven uh, last Saturday. Um, but we're happy to get a win. Yeah, that's awesome. And we'll obviously dive into more of your NLL career uh, as we go. But we wanted to go a little bit further back. You grew up in Coquitlam, obviously a hotbed for the sport. So uh, when did you pick up a, a stick for the first time? I must have been, I think I was four years old. Uh, okay. I had an older brother. He he plays on Vancouver right now. Um, but yeah, so he, he got into it when he was four and I, I was a couple of years behind him. Okay. Awesome. And I'm curious too, you know, you headed uh, to Western Reserve uh, in the high school. How'd you end up in Ohio? Yeah. So Western Reserve, there was um, the, the headmaster there was, was uh, Dr. Flanagan. Um, and he was a big lacrosse guy and, and really wanted, you know, he had a really good connection with West Coast Canada and he always seemed to bring in a couple guys every year. And long before I went there, there was always a couple 
um, West Coast Canadians and people from Ontario that would go there. Um, anyways, I was just lucky enough to, to have the opportunity. Again, my brother went there first. Um, another good family friend of ours, Corbin Teo, um, he was there before Garrett. Um, so it was just, you know, knowing the right people kind of sure. falling into it a little bit, but, uh, yeah, it was great. I mean, I, I loved reserve and I loved Ohio. Awesome. And then, uh, following your time at reserve, you headed to Philly to play for Drexel with your brother again. I'm curious, mm-hmm. what was that transition? like, you know, you went from Coquitlam to Ohio to, to one of the big cities in, in the U S and Philly, what was that transition like for yeah. you? It was good. I mean, I'd never really lived that close to the city. Like when, um, when I went out to Drexel and, and Hudson, Ohio, where reserve is, is kind of a smaller town too. And, um, so it was a bit of a culture shock, but it was, uh, it was awesome. I, I absolutely loved it. I fell in love with the city, um, loved our area, the team, everything. Um, it was awesome. That's great. And uh, talk about playing for, for Coach Volk- Volker. They obviously had a, a fantastic season last year winning CAs. You did the same while you were at Drexel. Talk about that experience uh, as a Dragon. Yeah, no, um, Volks was, he was such a great coach. And, you know, he, uh, I was talking to Coach Marr from Albany the other day, actually, and uh, we were kind of laughing. I was like, you hear all these stories about Volks and how, you know, phenomenal of a player it was. And, you know, he was such a a good defender and and a, a beast out there really yeah. and you hear all these stories but my four years at Drexel and practicing two hours every day he never once picked up a stick so <laughs> I was always a little disappointed that we never got to see that side of him but yeah. as a coach and you know the leader for our team he was great and he was so much fun to play for we still keep in touch today that's great. And let's dive into uh, a, a little bit uh, of the beginning of your NLL career. Drafted in 2014 by the Edmonton Rush and went on to win, not only win Rookie of the Year, uh, but a championship during that that first season as well. What was that experience like winning uh, a ship as a rookie? Yeah, I mean, it was, it, it was I, I again, fell into a, a pretty fortunate situation yeah. there where, you know, Saskatchewan had just come off, I think they were only playing 16 games back then. So I think they had a season where they were 14 and two. So they were clearly a powerhouse in the league. And, yeah. you know, they, they very easily could have won the year before, um, you know, they had a really close game with Calgary, I believe. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I sort of fell into that situation where it was a team that was competitive already was coming into their prime. I was drafted there. So it was great, but I mean, being able to, to be a part of that, and um, those guys are some of my best friends now. Um, that was one of the closest teams I've ever been on. And I have a ton of good memories from them. And, you know, the first championship being one of them. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously uh, that success didn't stop right with your rookie year. You guys went to uh, a bunch of championships over the next, next couple of years. What was it uh, about that rush squad that the core really stayed the same for, for that period? So what was it about uh, that squad that made you guys so successful for an extended period of time? Yeah, I think just, you know, like you said, we had such a solid core and we were so close, you know, off the floor and we were really close on the floor and just the chemistry you were able to build. And, you know, we would come into training camp kind of already knowing, you know, a lot of our X's and O's and our systems and all that stuff. So we could keep progressing it every year. Um, So we just we had and, you know, we were all coming into a lot of those players like Corbeil and um rubes and dilks and church and mark like everyone was coming into their their prime right so 
Um, it was just, there's a lot of lucky bounces you need, um, but no question. It was a hardworking group. Um, a ton of credit to coach Keenan. He was, you know, put it all together and he, uh, um, Bubs, our offensive coach is one of the smartest coaches I've ever played for. Um, learned a ton from him. Um, again, a guy like I, I stay in touch with and respect a ton. So I just think, you know, keeping that group together, being able to build on that chemistry and um, go into training camp and go right into X's and O's in our system, learning all that. Now that makes complete sense. And uh, this offseason, uh, you got dealt to, to Philly. Uh, you went to a championship every year except one in your career. I think Coach Day probably brought you in to continue that pattern. So what, what's the expectations for the squad this year? Yeah, I mean, you can tell um, Philly in that the season that got cut short. Um, they were one of the best teams in the league already. Again, like, I don't know, I keep falling into these situations and yeah. I'm very grateful for them, but you saw what they could do is their second, um, their second year is an expansion team and they just improved so much from their first year. And um, anyways, they made a lot of moves in the off season where they're clearly in and we're clearly in like win now mode. Um, I think we brought in a lot of really good pieces. They already had a lot of really good fundamental pieces here. So um, I think, like you said, it's get to the championship and, and hold the trophy at the end of the year. That's the goal. Yeah, that makes complete sense. And I'm curious too, you know, just from uh, like inside lacrosse side of things, um, how, how great is it to live where you're, you're playing, right? You know, you were, you were traveling. I know you're, you're, you live in the Philly area. So um, how big of a difference is that just, you know, during the season from, from a, a grind standpoint uh, to live where you're, you're, you're playing? Yeah, no, it's a, uh, it's a long season, right? Like you, you have 18 games and when you can have nine of them at home where you're able to drive to, and some of the ones, you know, being on the East, like New York and stuff, I'll probably be able to drive to those too. Sure. You know, saving your legs, not hopping yeah. on a plane. It, it, it's great. And it's just, um, it does grind away at you. There was a couple of years, like I was going from Philly to Saskatchewan. Um, there's no direct flights. From sure. Philly to <laughs> so that was always a bit of a long travel day. Yeah. And then, you know, you play a game and you travel back. So it, it does, does wear on you um but we don't we we play this game and we do this because we love it right like yep. that's part of it we all signed up for that um but it's definitely a good perk that's great mm. uh not only do you play in the nl but you obviously play outdoor with the pl most recently with the water dogs uh talk about playing for for coach copeland you guys had a really uh, awesome season coming out of the bubble talk about just uh playing for him this past season yeah, no, Coach Cope, he, he's awesome. And he he's done such a good job as well, just, you know, finding the right pieces and, and putting it all together. And I think, uh, you know, the Water Dogs, they're, they're getting over that hump and we're, you know, we're finding our groove. Um, but it's a ton of fun. It's a, it's a team that is just, again, like, like they're just such a close group. And sure. you know, even in the off season right now, everyone's still communicating and talking. And, you know, you see some of the guys at these NLL weekends and yeah. it's just great to see them. Um, but no, they're they're uh, we're building something special there for sure, um, and I'm excited to you know maybe be a part of it and, and watch it grow. Or if I'm not, then I'm excited to you know watch them and cheer for them as a fan. There we go. That's awesome. Well, let's dive into uh, our five and five segment. Uh, usually Hutton asks the lacrosse questions. I ask the the off the field questions, but I'll take all ten today. Uh, these are just quick hitters. Uh, so number one, what are your pregame uh, routines, or do you have any superstitions? Um. Any pregame routines? Nothing, you know, a lot of them are, I had a bunch in Saskatchewan, but you get, you get thrown off when you haven't been doing it for two years and then you change locations and all yeah. that. 
Nothing, nothing particular, you know, I, I think you know, the one thing I do do is I, I, uh, I don't know why I've done this, but I've, I've always taken some Tums before the game. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't get heartburn or anything, but it's yeah. just it's something I do. <laughs> there we go. All right. Uh, number two, uh, favorite venue you've played at in your career. Favorite venue. Um, I think playing at the Air Canada Center, I guess now Scotiabank is, yep. is, uh, was one of the cooler venues it's just you know there's so much history there with the maple leafs and everything so that that's always a really cool one and um also vancouver now that they're playing out of rogers arena that yeah. that was also really really cool because you know as a kid going to you know watch the vancouver ravens back in the day yeah. and the canucks and even i even went to a grizzly game or two <laughs> yeah um, um so yeah it was really cool to play there too Awesome. Talk about, so are you, are you a big Canucks guy? Yeah. Yeah. I'm a fan. It's, it's been tough, but um, <laughs> I do like hockey. I cheer for the Canucks. Okay. Just curious about, I, they, uh, they go up against my flyers uh, coming up who uh, they're, they're kind of in similar boat, I think at the moment, yeah. coach changes all that good stuff. So very cool. Um, number three. So uh, we always curious uh, what players stick setups are. So what, what's yours at the moment? I use the gate. I use the torque. Um, I use one of their D chefs, the gate ice. Okay. Um, I, I was using, uh, some of the lighter sticks, but I, I don't know, for whatever reason, I like a little bit of the heavier sticks. I don't got to worry about them breaking, kind yeah. of checking if anything's bending, sure. um, setting picks out there. That's sort of my job. So yeah. I don't want stick breaking, but yeah, no, I use all gate stuff and I love their products. Um, uh, it's, it's phenomenal. Nice. Do you, uh, I'm just curious from, from like a string standpoint, do you use the same thing indoor as you use outdoor? That's just something we're always curious about. No, you know what? It's a little different. I play with a little more of a shallow pocket in um, in box across. Sure. Um, mainly because, you know, you don't have as, you don't have a guy with six foot pole coming out. Yep. Right. Right. Yeah. Away, so, you know, you don't need as much hole. You don't need to make sure you have to keep the ball on your stick as well. And also just like the, the, I feel like in field across, you know, power on your shot is maybe a little bit more important. Sure. Whereas in box across, it might be a little bit more accuracy. You're shooting from so much more in tight. And yeah. Uh, so that's, I use a little bit, uh, a stick that I can be a little more accurate with and not necessarily as, as powerful. Makes sense. All right. And number four, uh, who's a player in your career uh, when maybe when you were younger or now that's, that's been a big mentor and a big help for you up to this point. Um, you know who it was, uh, I would say this guy mentored me a lot. Jarrett Davis. He was, uh, he was on the rush when I first got there. He played on my summer team, Maple Ridge Berards. Okay. Uh, Jarrett's no longer in the league, but uh, he's just a guy that he helped me so much. And, you know, I could talk to him about anything. Um, he, he was always there, you know, on the floor, we're talking, he's walking you through things and just such a smart guy, such a good guy. Um, and he really took me under his wing and, and he, he was, he was a ton of fun to be around. And I'm, I'm really thankful for the stuff he was able to teach me. Awesome. Uh, and number five, Hutton's always curious. He's really uh, pushing for uh, an NLL or a PLL video game. So we'll stick with NLL. If they made a game right now, who's on the cover? Who's on the cover? Um, NLL, I would say Dane Smith is up there he's you know could be on the cover of both honestly. Yeah. <laughs> um i think i think mark could be up there kevin crowley could be up there um and dane doby one of those guys would be mine my, okay. my yeah, they, they can just add all of them and it would be one of those like ones you could just like purchase the specific player you want of your yeah. choice right that would be yeah, yeah for sure nice 
Uh, and then off the field question. So sticking with the sports side of things, who's an athlete in another sport you're really enjoying watching right now? Um, you know what? I've, I've really gotten into, into golf and I, I, uh, I love watching Brooks Kepka. I think, okay. I think he's just, you know, he's a competitor and him and Bryson DeChambeau had their whole, uh, the battle, <laughs> their whole, I don't know if it was real or not real, <laughs> but their bands are going back and forth and then they played together in the Ryder cup. So I've just enjoyed following him and, and his career. And he's such a competitor in a sport that is super like, it's such an individual sport, but you yeah. can just see the passion and all that. So it's really cool. I've been, I've been following him pretty closely. Nice. Yeah. That's, that's been fun to watch for sure. Uh, number two, you're obviously on the floor, on the field a lot, but what are some hobbies you like doing when you're not playing? Yeah. Um, a golf is one of them. Um, last year I, I, my wife, she's, she's such a trooper. I went and bought some clubs so that she can come golfing with me. Nice. <laughs> um, so yeah, I like to golf. Um, we got two dogs. We go for hikes and, and, you know, walk around with them a bunch and, you know, we'll go into our town here and, and in the summer they block off a street and we can go to some restaurants and stuff like that with them. So we like to do stuff with the dogs. Awesome. Well, you mentioned food there. We're always curious. Favorite meal? Favorite meal? Um, I feel like it changes from like year to year. Right yeah. now, I'm, I'm in on the on um, chicken parm right now, though. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. I think chicken parm or just steak are like the top two answers. Doing this for like two yeah. and a half years. Those are pretty much, uh, if you had to, if you were a betting man, those, those are my, my guess is nine times out of 10. I feel like it's a big pregame meal too yeah. for, for a lot of the guys. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, number four, uh, favorite spots of vacation. Favorite spots of vacation. We actually, um, my parents have a, um, a spot up in uh, the Okanagan in BC. So we love going there and spending okay. some time with them. Nice. Good stuff. Uh, and number five, uh, any books, TV shows, podcasts you'd recommend uh, to, to the listeners? Anything you're, you're binging right now or anything like that? Um, yeah, you know what? I am. Um, I'm do you know who uh, Kyle Brandt is? Yeah. Yeah. He's the good morning football guy. He has yep. a, he has a podcast called 10 questions where he brings in some, he brings in some pretty high profile guests and he, he asks them, he runs them through a little gauntlet of quizzes, like a quiz. Yeah. Um, anyways, it's really cool because he does the interview, but he also does like a game show kind of thing out of it. Okay. So it's been pretty cool. I've enjoyed watching that. Nice. Yeah. I, uh, I'm a big supporter of his. He was, uh, he was all in on the birds when, when they made that Super Bowl run a couple of years ago. So I'm a big, big Kyle Brandt fan. Yeah. He had a, I remember he had a, he had a huge speech, I think on his morning show. Yeah. It was pretty cool to watch. Yeah. That was awesome. Um, well, Ben, it was really a pleasure to chat with you. We always end with one final question and, and that is what is some advice you'd give uh, to a young player looking to play professionally one day? Yeah, no, it's a great question. Um, Honestly, I just, the biggest thing for me is just, you know, be playing a lot and play against the highest competition you can. Like mm -hmm. if you, if you can, you know, I feel I've always been of the mindset, you know, if you're on a team and you win by 20 goals, you know, you don't learn as much as you're on a team that loses by 20 goals. Right. Or if you're, you know, maybe a U12 player and you have an opportunity to play up a game for U14 or something like that, like go do it, go play against the best competition you can. You can see what it's like at the next level and you, you make yourself better doing that. That's awesome. That's great advice for our younger listeners. Well, Ben, again, thanks so much for hopping on with us. We really appreciate it and best of luck this season with the wings and then with the water dogs as well. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot for having me. Let's move on to our matchup of the week. I mentioned it earlier. I like the rock at the Thunderbirds, Adam. 
just because, you know, going in Thunderbirds were my top team. And now, you know, I think the rock are right up there with them. So I think it's going to be a great matchup. Hopefully we'll get Cody Jamison back. Um, and then, you know, obviously the Toronto rock have been at full strength. Um, you know, and I, I think this is going to be a defensive heavy battle. So I don't know what the over under is just yet, but, um, given the, you know, the goaltender status of Warren Hill and Nick Rose, um, in these two defenses, I expect it to, you know, maybe be under 20 points. Um, so that's something I'm looking forward to, but that's my matchup of the week. What's your matchup of the week, Adam? I'm going to go with the squad we just talked about. Uh, a surprising performance, arguably, but from uh, by many. Uh, Panther City, man, their first game uh, at Dickey's Arena will be uh, at 8.30 uh, on Friday. They take on Vancouver, uh, who not a lot of people picked to win last week, right? So um, this will be a fun one uh, against a team uh, that's coming off uh, a high of a victory and another one that's uh, first game was as close as it could get. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to these two squads squaring off uh, first game in Texas for Panther City. So uh, they'll be uh, booming in Dickey's arena. So I'm excited to, to watch that one. Yeah, no. And uh, Alex Buke, I think, surprised a lot of people in that uh, Vancouver debut. He had a phenomenal game. Um, so yeah, this is going to be a, a close one for sure. Uh, I think we're going to get a, a nice battle for their first game in the Lone Star State. For my picks, I'm going to go the Rock, Wings, Panther City, Bandits, Rush, Seals, and Riptide um, this week. Those, those are the, the seven picks that I have uh, going into this weekend. What are your picks, Adam? I'm going Rock, sticking with my Wings, Panther City, Buffalo, Calgary, and Colorado. And then on the Sunday matchup, uh, I'm going, unfortunately, Riptide going 0-2 on the weekend, and I'm taking the Swarm. Yeah, so those are our game picks. Uh, now, we do have betting in the U.S. It's on BetUS, um, which is doesn't have an app, so it's not one of the more mainstream sports books. I'm hoping that betting will come to mo- one of the more mainstream sports books shortly. It sounded, you know, when talking with Pat Gregoire on our PLT preview on Twitter spaces that it is coming soon, um, but it's nice, like, you know, honestly, if Thursday rolls around and we don't have it on a mainstream book, I might sign up for a BetUS account and uh, try to play some wagers because we went 3-0 and on our pro lacrosse bets, our staff picks uh, last week. We correctly predicted the Mammoth's Moneyline victory, the Firewolves Rock under 21 points, and the Bandits to cover the one-and-a-half point spread. So definitely follow us at pro lacrosse bets um, for our picks this week. Uh, we might have an article right up to, to go with that this week as well. Um, but hopefully – we'll get some sports betting on some mainstream books, but at the very least we can still wait. We can wager now in the U S so that's a big win for us. So I didn't, wasn't able to get them in in time last week, but looking forward to, to maybe placing some bets uh, this weekend. And some trends from week one is the underdogs were actually six and one against the spread um, for cool bets lines. Favorites though, went five and two straight up. So favorites were covering on the money line. They weren't covering the spread. That was kind of what something I kind of anticipated just because these teams were going to be so close that I felt like any team getting points was probably going to, you know, have some value. Um, and then the overs were actually five and two. So surprisingly, um, I thought the totals were a little bit low. You know, most of them were set around 21, 22. So um, not too surprising that a lot of them went over, but that's something to watch going forward as well. That wraps up our episode. We'll have a PLT preview um, potentially this coming Thursday as well. Um, I thought that went great. We really appreciate yeah. Brendan Glass Sheen. Austin Owens, um, Pat Gregoire, and Sam Long joining me. And I know, Adam, you're hopefully looking forward to joining me this upcoming. And it's going to be a rotating basis, so there might be weeks where I'm not on. Adam's on. Some other people are on. So um, definitely tune in on Twitter Spaces for that. And if you do miss Twitter Space, we'll repost on our podcast stream as well. Um, but we appreciate everyone tuning in. Follow us at Pro Lacrosse Talk and at Pro Lacrosse Bets. And any parting thoughts, Adam, before we go? 
the NLL is back, baby. That's all. That's all I have to say. The NLL is finally back. We waited over 630 days. It's finally here. Week one was a blast. Week two is going to be a blast. Uh, we appreciate Ben hopping on um, and joining us for this episode. And we appreciate you guys always listening to another episode of Pro Lacrosse Talk. <laughs>